0: After what was a completely ugly, horrible, terrible, use whatever objective you wanted to say about that game, the Steelers tied the Lions, and there's a lot to talk about as far as cleaning up the direction of the team, who they can count on, and what should this team even look like moving forward. Lots of questionable decisions on what to go for, the offense, the defense's struggles to stop the run, and a lot of questions as far as can this team finish out their stretch. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked Steelers podcast. We're going to dive into several of those big questions that I'm sure the fans have about the game. Uh, we thank you for making the Locked Steelers podcast your first listen every day as we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the pittsburgh steelers as always you can find this podcast on apple spotify google Podcasts, odyssey and of course youtube subscribe to our youtube channel like this video if you're enjoying it i understand it's tough to enjoy things after tying the winless detroit lions steelers fans but hey help me out anyways you'll also if you give us five stars ratings with a positive comment on apple Podcasts, you get a shout out at the end of the show so yeah as i said in my brief Locked on now update that i gave also on youtube this was ugly um this was uh this was this was almost as bad as it gets you know losing i guess would be as bad as it gets as i started to think about like you know what could have been worse um but uh as far as as far as playing and as far as trying to establish an identity for who you are moving forward man the Steelers are in a complete heap of a mess now granted there were a lot of things that went into this game and made it weirder than it, than it would have been probably if other things, you know, Ben Roethlisberger being announced, you know, he tested positive for COVID-19. We hope that he feels better and that he he's able to recover from that. But I mean, you see, you know, the, the night, the night before that gets announced Mason Rudolph time, he goes in very curious how after the game, everyone acknowledged from Tomlin to Rudolph to Najee Harris, the game plan did not change with Mason Rudolph. And now here's one, here's, I have two sides to this because it's very fair to look at. I always try to look at the different sides and to see, you know, what all adds up here. But then, I, you know, I look at this and I say, was that really that bad of a strategy? Because. On one side, yes, it is because he's not a, he's not the same kind of quarterback that Ben Roethlisberger is. Ben Roethlisberger is in tune with this offense. He knows when and where is supposed to, the ball supposed to go most of the time. Sometimes he doesn't. He, he misses open opportunities. But Mason Rudolph, not as into the in, into the rhythm of the offense as Ben is, considering this has been Ben's offense for 16 years Um but with Mason Rudolph, you have to think—you know—maybe do the Steelers run the ball more now? To be fair, they ran the ball with Najee Harris 26 times for 105 yards. You know, he had—he had—he was a solid contributor on the day. Had a touchdown wiped off the board. Um, they overall ran for uh, over 100 and uh, over 140. Oh, well, they ran for 145 yards total on the day. So they did run the ball. But you know, you look at this game and you see man, base. Mason Rudolph attempted 50 passes in this game. Not exactly the number that you that you want from a backup quarterback doing that, but you also have to remember circumstances because a lot of times the lines were loading the box and you're like, hey, you know what? You can't just run at them. If they're giving you one on one, you got to be able to win some one on ones. And that's why you need a viable backup. I'll get to Mason Roth in a bit, but to me the biggest mess is that Matt Canada doesn't have a direction for this offense. He wants to do quick passing, but he also wants to do power run, but he also wants to do that. He's got to pick a lane. This offense is not good enough yet to try and kill you with several different things. If you know what I mean? You know, when it, when an offense, is finding its identity, it needs to be really good at one thing, and there's no one thing you could point to and say, Man, this offense is good at that. There's players you could point to Matt, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Najee Harris, they're very good. Um, you know, I think when Deontay Johnson isn't fumbling away that you know, f- f- the, uh, the ball in overtime, he's very good. Um, same thing for Pat Frymouth, because he also fumbled in overtime. Um, but they haven't developed any rhythm to say, "Hey, this is the one thing. If we call these plays, we know we're going to get six, seven, eight yards on the out of this on a on a big play." Um, you know, there's con- still constant throwing short of the marker on third downs. Just not the kind of offense that, that that you want. to write. Also, just bizarre. You know, game planning or, you know, leading to who's open in this game, Deontay Johnson did lead the team with 13 targets and seven catches for 83 yards. But Ray Ray McLeod have 12 targets and caught the ball nine times. I actually thought Ray Ray McLeod did his job in this game. You know, you're you're talking about the, the fifth receiver, the, you know, on this roster coming into the season. And he caught nine of 12 passes for 63 yards, also did a good job returning, Um, though his returning numbers aren't like a lead or anything like that in this game. He had a one where it was a bounce at midfield that he caught and he he stopped it from going further back. It gave the Steelers really good field position. He had another where the Lions were about to pin it at the one and they tipped it back into into play. But McLeod went after the football and was able to and because he hit it it went to the end zone um and people thought oh that would have been a f- that was a fumble what was he thinking is actually he knows the rules because once the punt team has touched the ball the return team can do whatever they want they can pick it up return it fumble it 20 times it doesn't matter it stays with the return team that's just the rule all the rule has always been to prevent the punt team from knocking the ball into the returner so um Raymond McLeod, I actually thought, did a decent job. But still, why are you highlighting him in this offense? Pat Friermuth, five catches, 31 yards, nine targets. I mean, uh, yeah, sure, nine targets, but a lot of those came really late in the game. It seemed like this game should have been a lot of load-up power. You yeah, know, power these guys over. They had one of the, the 29th-ranked rushing defense coming into this game. Let Najee Harris eat, and then play off play action. Go to old-school football. This was not a team— that was going to come at you with exotic blitzes, with crazy defenders all over the place. All, you should have been loading up the the box. I should have seen some Zach Banner on the field, whether as a starting offensive tackle or the sixth offensive tack or the sixth offensive lineman, coming out there and then just bulldozing people and then playing off of that bulldozing to give Mason Rudolph easier, simpler, big you know heavier package tosses to get the yards over the middle. But that's not what happened here. I think. Matt Canada is still trying to play the idea that, you know, they can dink and dunk the short passing offense game. And you know what? Maybe with Ben Roethlisberger, eventually that'll work, but you have to be able to hit the ball middle down the field. You have to be able to stretch the field a little bit. And in this game, I didn't I still didn't see enough of that. And, you know, before it was like, maybe this is Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe this is Ben Roethlisberger doing this. or Ben Roethlisberger doing that. But Mason Rudolph also had similar problems here. And now you have to ask yourself, is there even a direction for this Steelers offense? It seems like there's a lot of cool ideas here and there that jet sweeps can work on occasion. Um, there's a couple of times you catch guys off guard, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, you're looking at you know, looking at an offense again you knew that this would be a long a long season for these guys developing together you knew you were excited for Najee Harris and Pat Frymouth, but you knew that offensive line was going to take time you knew that it was going to you know be a question about what the passing offense could do and then of course Mason Rudolph being in especially for this game you knew that that was Probably going to be a struggle. Uh, you know, I know so, some people before the game said, "Oh, this is his chance to prove that he's Ben's successor," and I was like, mm, he, "He did not do that. He, the game wasn't all on him. I will not say that at all." But he did not do that. But the bottom line here is that you know, I, I continue to look around. I look for you know play schemes, power runs, this that. There's nothing that you can pin on this offense and say. This is their thing, and it should be running the ball. It really should be, you know, loading up, overpowering people. Um, and, and, again, I get it. The offensive line isn't as good as it has been in the past and as good as other t- other teams. So that's a big part of this. But for me, when I look at, this, at, at, the, at the Steelers' offense, if you're building around Najee Harris and Pat Frymouth, you need to have heavier formations, more opportunities to feed them the ball and for big chances, and they just haven't done that. So that much is a that much is on Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin for not doing that. You know, Mike Tomlin doesn't call the in play in, in game plays. He's not the guy that, that that does that. He says what he he says what he wants if they want to go for on fourth down, third down, whatever. Uh but Uh, Matt, uh, Mike Tomlin's never been a guy that's going to be a micromanager that steps in and says, I'm taking over the offensive play calling duties. That's just not how he works. And it's a smart way to do because when you start micromanaging, that's when stuff gets a little bit crazier. It helps keep that organizational integrity. That's been important to the Steelers. We got more to break down here um, on this offense. We'll get to the defense in the third segment. But I want to talk more about Mason Rudolph in this game um, because there were some interesting things that we saw from him saw from him all throughout the night but first i gotta tell you guys about direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device to let you catch the game live another to let you stream your favorite shows and then you're watching your sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct TV stream you can learn more at directtv.com. that's directtv.com compatible device required content may vary and back here on the locked on steelers podcast i'm chris carter continuing our post-game post-game thoughts here on this Lions game again the offense a complete mess the defense not not safe from criticism either but again I'm going to them in the th- in the third segment because I got different thoughts on them but the offense I want to look at Mason Ruoff I want to look at Mason Ruff, at Mason Ruff and, and and acknowledge some things here because I saw as usual when this when the game doesn't go the Steelers way and heck even when it doesn't when it does go the Steelers way um you you see you see people you know fighting on Twitter and all these arguments going in different directions. So I I I, I usually try to like, at least like make note because I do like to get the feel of what Steelers fans are thinking at times. Sane Steelers fans, crazy Steelers fans can go somewhere else. I don't got time for that. Um, but um, you know, one of the thoughts that I one of the, the the battle of you know thoughts that I saw out there was was oh this game was on mason Rudolph and oh this game shouldn't be on mason rudolph because he's a backup quarterback and he did enough to win this game and i will say this this game isn't all on mason rudolph at all again he took his deep ball to deontay johnson a very good deep ball that johnson caught broke open to the middle field and then fumbled away and it and again it's not like deontay johnson stinks but that's a play where he was trying to do a little bit extra Fumbled the opportunity to to win the game. That was uh, you know, that was that was a very tough moment for him. Same thing, Pat Fryer. We've been a heck of a playmaker. We've talked about how he's been on fire for the Steelers. Fumbles away a big opportunity in overtime. Two overtime fumbles. Those are not on Mason Rudolph. But what is on Mason Rudolph? Missing all the opportunities throughout the throughout the earlier parts of the game. There was a there was a play. I, I'll go back to this. And then this this is a mix of both Matt Canada and Mason Rudolph because I didn't talk about this enough in the first segment, but that red zone possession where they threw three straight times. That's where I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what the plan is. Now, Mike Tomlin talked about that being an RPO, an RPO situation on first down where it was, you know, to me, it should have been an R just that there's no pass option. You, you, and that would have been the time. Bring out Zach Banner, put six offensive linemen on the field, double tight ends, triple tight ends, even, and put Najee Harris out there and let them go to work. And that would have been, and and, and you know what, we're, we're coming out and we're bullying you. And if we're not bullying you, we're going to catch you off guard because you're going to play against the run so hard to stop, Najee Harris. And then we'll find Pat Friarmuth or Zach Gentry or Eric Ebron in the end zone, whatever, something along those lines. But that wasn't uh, in the cards. But I will say this, on third down, Matt Canada did draw up the right play to get him open. He called Pat with going over the middle. The Lions jumped all over him. They said, "We're not letting him get in the red zone." And he left Ray-Ray McLeod wide open and Mason Rudolph just skips the ball to him. If he if he just, it's a simple 5-yard pass. It's one that every quarterback should be able to make in the NFL and he just skips it to him. If he throws that touchdown, they probably win the game. Earlier or later in the game, I want to say it was third or fourth quarter, um there was a third down where Mason Rudolph throws into traffic over the middle to try to hit James Washington. The ball's batted around I thought, you know, it might have, might have been inter- almost got intercepted or something like that. I looked over to the sideline and you just see Pat Frymuth just walking all by himself, putting his hand up. And he's like, what what are we doing here? Those are the things that if you're Mason Ruff, you got to be able to do. You don't have to be super elite. And in fact, and this is why I wasn't too mad at the uh, the comments that, hey, they weren't going to change up too much of the scheme. To you know, from Ben Roethlisberger to Mason Rudolph, and here's why: because Mason is tasked with very similar things as Ben Roethlisberger in this situation. Don't lose the game on throwing interceptions. Don't throw the crazy pass here. Don't try to be Superman and fit it into this tight, you know, cover two seam. You know, you know, right where the safety will have a shot, and you're trying to beat the safety with how hard and accurate you could throw the ball. That's not what you're asked to do. You're asked to take what is there when they present when they present something to you you take it and here's another thing to look at here too just like the bears game first possession come out walk down the field touchdown no problem everything looks smooth this game, same thing. Come out, walk down the field, touchdown. Everything's smooth, and he found the open man on that one. James Washington, wide open. He took advantage of it. He did really didn't do that for the rest of the game. And sometimes it makes me think maybe they're scripting plays, uh, you know, to start the game. That'll be a question that I'll have for Mike Tomlin on on his Tuesday press conference because I just I think that that's that was something they used definitely used to do with the Todd Haley days. I forget how many plays they said they scripted to start a game. I think it was 25 or something like that. But there was a script that they had that they stuck to in those days, and I have to wonder with the success that they're having. Have, they're starting to have in these earlier parts of the earlier parts of the games, like Chicago, like uh, the, the the Lions. That makes me wonder: is this a situation where they, you know, they, where they're doing, you know, they're doing something a little extra here? here they're they're planning this specifically, and that's what's leading to it. And then in game, when it's time to call whatever you want, that's when the, the problems come up. Maybe possibly that could be something, but again, we don't know for sure. We'll ask Mike Tomlin that after the fact I had to go back. I, I have to admit, I normally come out a lot faster with my reactions, but I had to go back and just look at certain things on tape just to kind of see, okay, was this what I saw live? Because I wasn't so sure about this and I wasn't so sure about that. Um, and the offense, it just continues to look to me when I'm looking at like, Nope, this is just, they don't, they, they know they're not good enough. He, uh, you know, at, at this part of the run game, they know they're not good at the, this part of the pass game. They're taking some shot plays here. You know, there's just there's no rhythm of consistency, and when that happens, you start to question things. And again, backup quarterback, you're not asking for an elite offense in this game, but you're asking for an identity. And the identity should have been power run, bully these guys, pl- play off of it for play action, and hit a couple of plays. I will give Mason Rough this; he was tough out there. He did not back down. His he had first he had I think a 26 yard run where he ran the other side of the field. Place went nuts, and then the run where he took on a big shot, and the other guy came up with a hurt shoulder, or a concussion, I believe. I mean he he gets points for that. he was tough. Uh, but the thing about Mason Rudolph that was coming into this game, I saw people talking about it, writing about it, saying, you know all these different things about oh, this is his chance to show everyone that they're wrong about him and that he can be the future. He's not that. He's just he's just he's just not the the future franchise quarterback. If he's a bridge quarterback between Ben and the next guy, it ain't gonna be a good year. Um, they would need to have a super elite defense. Now, the, the one thing I'll say is that, and and we'll talk. I'm sure we will talk a million times about this going into the, the next season. So I won't spend too long on this. But I, one thing I will say is that I think if the Steelers took time next year to pay a a quarterback cheap. Whether whether that's a rookie contract because they draft a guy and they want to they want to make him a starter early, or they get a veteran uh, you know out of the NFL that they don't pay a whole lot of money, or if they go with Mason Rudolph, it would open the opportunity to reinvest in both the offensive line and the parts of the defense that they've kind of let get a little old and long in the tooth. So maybe they get another big name at cornerback if they don't like the you know if they don't want to pay Joe Hayden next year. Maybe they get some help for Cam Hayward and Stephon to it. Hopefully he's back next year, and you add some some guys there. Maybe you go and get, go and get some help on the offensive line and say, you know what? We're going to get these guys because they're going to be able to just jump in and, and give you a jump start on offense. And you do that to say, all right, now we still have a game manager type quarterback, but now you have a better roster around that person and you can win more games that way. But again, long way down the road. We'll revisit that later in the season or after the season or whatever. The point is Mason Ruff did have opportunities in this game to show, hey, I can be the future here. Didn't show up in those moments. Did show up in some, but not enough and that's the bottom line there but again the bigger bigger problem with the offense because mason Roth's not going to be back uh, you know for the rest of the season now jay glazer did say that he had heard it he does not expect ben roethlisberger to be back in time for the chargers game next week there's been conflicting reports with that i think he has to have two uh, negative tests and be asymptomatic uh, you know, by, you know, before he can be back with the Steelers, we'll see this all happened right before the game, you know, on Saturday. And, and then he got t- he tested positive again on Sunday. So we will see if, you know, how this plays out. It just depends on how Ben recovers. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers would tested positive before his game, you know, last week and then played again this week. So, and he, and he didn't even have, uh, the vaccine. Ben Roethlisberger does have the vaccine, so he has different rules. Um, so you know, maybe Ben's back, or maybe Ben's not. But there has to be some identity on offense. And I truly believe, you know, you know at this point, Ben Roethlisberger is not out here to be an elite quarterback. He's to be here to be a solid game managing quarterback that takes what's there and occasionally gives you the tough, gritty plays you know Ben can give you. Mason Rudolph, same sort of thing. Now he doesn't have the same kind of grit as Ben, as far as I don't think he's he, he come up a, as big in some big moments, but he does give you opportunity. Out there, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. The problem is they don't have the offensive line to work with a quarterback that is, uh, that I think is of his caliber. They don't have the defense right now with all the injuries that they have. And we'll get to all those injuries because there are many in this game. Um, but uh, you know, I I, I I don't think this team has elite enough an an elite enough of a defense to say, hey, Mason Rudolph, go out there and you can play like you did in 2019 when they were beating teams like the Colts and the Rams with them out there because their defense was so deep, was 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 so was so tough, and because they were um, able to manage everything else. So all that being said. Uh, There's a lot of there's a lot of things that this offense has to do to clean to clean up moving forward and it starts with it starts with you know better execution it continues with better play calling and it and it finishes with them finding an identity finding a thing that they can cling on to and say on on you on tape. Boom! We are good at this thing right here, and if they can, if they can do that, I think it would go a long way because then teams can say, "Okay, we have to focus on this part of the Steelers to shut down, or they'll crush us." And then you can play off of that and force them into guessing games. Unfortunately for the Steelers, that has it been happening. But like I said, lots of injuries in this game, the defense, lots of questions too. We're going to get to those injuries, talk about the, what's going on there. And I'm going to give you my thoughts of the defense because it was not a happy day for them either. But first I got to tell you guys about built bar. Built bar is the testing, best tasting uh protein bar ever. If, you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. If you have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or wax. You're just plain hard to choke down. The Built Bar is soft, covered, in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, uh, more than experience, one thing you'll enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carbs, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein, all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious and they have so many flavors another great thing about built bar there are so many mouthwatering flavors including coconut raspberry mint brownie coconut almond salted caramel double chocolate and cherry barcia this month built is coming out with new limited time fra- flavors every three to four days so check out their website often you don't want to miss out go to built.com to use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order again that's LOCKED15, locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d One five all capital letters, all one word to get 15% off your next order. Again, this promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online's back and better than ever with a bet with a new web web interface to start the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remember remains to be your number one spot for basketball and football action every season. Head to your new updated desktop or mobile website that they have to sign up today and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on to receive your bonus from basketball to football to baseball postseason which is now over congratulations to the atlanta braves you also have nhl boxing and ufc write down your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at bet online with the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and bet online where the game starts now as you know when we do back-to-back ad reads we like to keep it rolling here on the Locked On Steelers podcast and Chris Carter host here follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques man this was also a rough game for injuries. Joe Hayden has a midfoot sprain. We don't know what that means. Uh, you got a question? You know, he's up and he's up there in his in his third in his thirties. You know, sometimes those kind of injuries, you don't know how long of an impact it is. Cam Hayward had an injury on Monday. He was back and playing this week and playing great, by the way. Um, we'll get to him in, in just in just a minute. Uh, but of course, the big story is T.J. Watt has a quote unquote hip and knee injuries, and I'm telling you, when he grabbed for his knee on the one injury that he, when he went down and I mean, it, it was, you could hear a pin drop in Heinz field. The, you know, it was quiet. No one knew what was going on. The whole team was huddled around him. Everybody knows that this season rides on TJ Watts availability. And if he's out, this team is done. It's just a fact. And then when he got up and he was on his feet, you heard the crowd chanting "TJ, TJ." I thought that was pretty cool from Pittsburgh, um, you know, and them cheering him on. But when he, when he went in the tent, Cam Hayward went with him because that's his brother, and they were they were like looking looking at everything. Now TJ Watt was walking around on the sideline. I will remind people you can walk around with a torn ACL. I'm not saying that's what he has. I'm just saying that you can walk around with it, and uh, it cannot show. There can also be things that can lead to say, "Hey, like you're really close to to, to messing this up." So. There's a lot of things that have to go on. He's getting MRIs on both his hip and his knee. That will determine the future that he has with this season. Um, You know, if you're TJ Watt, there's a lot of scary things here. I think it's going to be safe to say, though, you'll probably want to rest him next week because you don't want to rush him back into a situation uh, where he's going to be putting himself at risk. Uh, but of course, what that means you're probably playing Taco Charlton, and that's not exactly the best look you want to have right now. Um, Alex Highsmith, you know, at times looks very good, at times looks very bad, but again, second-year, third-round draft pick, kind of what you expect from him. Uh, but this is why they, you know, they I, I said that they should try to keep Melvin Ingram, but again, you can't keep a guy who's malcontent with the team. That's not easy to do, um, and they've been down that road before, and it's not worked out for them. They've been burned by that with James Harrison and Blunt. Uh So I, I understand and not wanting to go back down that road, but again, injuries mounting for them. Trey Turner and Kevin Dotson go out. Dotson did not look good. He was on a cart. Uh, was reported an ankle injury. Uh, you know that could be a, a a season type thing. And if it is, man, they're in a lot of trouble because they put J.C. Hanson out. They played Joel Haig back. You know, back at guard. Whew, it was uh, it was it was a rough look. And Trey Turner being out, you know, really stressed that out. The Steelers guards being being out that that could change a lot of things too, because even though they're not, they weren't like elite players or anything like that. They were at least, you know, I'd say Trey Turner, and uh, Dick Kevin Dotson more of the more reliable guys you could have on that offensive line right now. It's just, you know, there's just that limited because they got two rookies and then Chikuma Corfu, who I actually think is actually doing a better job than most people give him credit for. Um, but that's a lot of problems there. So injuries are mounting for this team. It's a lot of, a lot of big questions moving forward. You know, will they be able to, you know, to get back in action? We will find out, but um, we got, we, got, we can't ignore this defense. The, the run defense was putrid in this game. They gave up 130 yards to DeAndre Swift, 56 yards of two carries to Igwell And then Jefferson also had a 41 yards. They had gave up runs, long runs of 42, 28, and 21. That's abhorrent. And, and now I know people say, oh, the run defense has been like this all year. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There were come a couple moments earlier in the season, maybe. Uh, going into this game, they allowed two rushing touchdowns to running backs all season. That's eight games. Two rushing touchdowns to running backs through eight games that's one every four games that ain't bad this game bad because you doubled that in one game if you allow this every game you're probably gonna you're probably gonna lose most games but i will say this for all the defensive problems that they have how many times do you see a game where you have where a team wins the turnover margin by three and you don't lose that game i think the defense actually once they rebounded once they figured things out um, after that, that second touchdown that they, that they, that they, gave up, um, in the, uh, um, in the third quarter, they, 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 they shut it down after that. I mean, let's look at, you I mean, it was just several punts, uh, probably, I think it was what, five punts, six punts in a row. Um, and then they missed a field goal in overtime, forced another punt. Um, so eight punts and a missed field goal after that touchdown. Um, uh, but. You know, you look at this and you're saying, "Man, where were the adjustments early on?" Now, part of it one was the one was the 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 short field they were put right back out there and they gave up a big run play, um, but you know the, the offense only having to go 39 yards that'll put you in a tough spot. And you give up that touchdown, but the one for me was the six play 85 yard touchdown drive uh, where they just got gashed to come out and come out the half, and that's that's happened a couple times now. Uh, but this is part of what I've been saying for a, for a while now: interior defensive line really shaky there's times they have really good days but when you have guys that aren't too depend aren't too dependable and you don't have guys out there that you drafted to be superstars, like stefan to it um you know like tyson olulu though they you know picked him up in free agency but you get my point you're going to have plays where you're getting gashed up the middle i know some people are getting to devin bush i got something for him don't worry um but you I said this I said this you know back in the Seahawks game you're going to have those days where your defensive line is getting chewed up and your backers are getting hit and blocked at, you know at the point of attack you do not want to have your backers especially when they're backers like Devin Bush and Joe Schobert, they're not block shed guys they're they're faster you know fill in you know keep keep them free fill in and let them make the tackle at the point of attack um so That you got it. You got to have that. The Steelers don't have that. They're built to have that. That's why they signed Tyson. That's why they paid Stefan to it. The money is that's why they paid Cam Hayward the money that he has. But now with both of those guys gone and Carlos David, you don't you know, you're you're dealing with guys that you didn't expect that you'd have to deal with. And that's tough. But you got to get over it. As my as Cam Hayward said, he's like, we there's there's no excuse. Uh, You know, he said, you know, at at one point in his press conference after the game, Cam Hayward was asked, well, how many players on defense uh, would it take to go out before you guys reach a tipping point? He said all 53. And that's Cam Hayward right there. He's a captain. He's not going to he's not going to go for that kind of stuff. But when I look at the defense and I see, you know, this problem here and this problem there, eventually, you know, the reality is you just, you can't, I know next man up is a thing that people say, but eventually you're going to get to the next man up. Who's just not, you know, that can't do what the next guy, what the guy before him did, which is why he was down on the depth chart. Um, you know, I do think that when I look back at this game, and I'm, I was I was seeing man, missed tackle here, miss tackle there. A lot of it happened because the Lions were getting a charge and being able to push down the field because the Steelers' defensive line couldn't hold up. Now, Cam Hayward, he was a wrecking ball. He was out there. He was out there playing. Um, you got to appreciate what he was able to do in this one. Even though he only had five tackles, he had two sacks on the on on the day. That was a he was really getting after. At there were plays where you just saw him just getting busting loose and saving saving the day. Um, really good stuff from from him on on, the, on that point. But, um, you know, but other than that, I mean, Isaiah Bugs did have some good reps, but for the most part, getting blown off the ball, not what you want to see. Isaiah Loudermilk had a couple plays, but you know, it just wasn't disciplined play up front. And the same thing goes for Alex Heisman, even though he had 11 tackles in this game, he wasn't, you know, all the way the, the prop, the thing to blame here. He had two tackles for loss. You know, they I wouldn't say he was terrible, but there were a couple of big plays that he gave up because he gave up his outside shoulder. He has to be more disciplined in that front, but again, second year, third round player. But we're getting to Devin Bush here, eight tackles, which on, on its face looks good and i and i liked some of the run fits that he had because when he was able to flow to the run at the line of scrimmage he made the play but once but you know we're seeing him once again when he's trying to make the tackle way down field he's kind of recovering you're not seeing him finish those plays you also had the defensive holding call now i will say this if that's defensive holding Man, Deontay Johnson needs to needs to get a lot more of those because he gets held almost every play like that. I mean, we were talking about that after the Bears game, as much as everyone was saying, oh, the Steelers got away with the to I was Like, man, they were grabbing on Deontay. The Browns did the same thing. It's been something that's just been kind of very occasionally called, and the occasions seem to not favor the Steelers. But again, you know, that was a play where he needed to not do – he needed to not make the mistake there because Mick Fitzpatrick's interception would have flipped the game all the way around. Again, maybe not because – still over time you get the ball to the offense and maybe they don't do something but still a problem and he hasn't been, he hasn't been an asset this year but again I've, as i've said all along the thing we knew devin bush one super young I say to those who, because I had several of y'all tweet at me saying, oh, you always cover up for Devin Bush. And I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm just letting y'all know. Y'all said the same thing to me about Bud Dupree four or five years ago when he was not doing too great. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we love Bud Dupree. We want him to come back. And I'm just like, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes time to let guys develop. They're young. You know, They're still learning the game. He's coming back from a torn ACL. And again, he's he's not a guy. He's not Ray Lewis. He's not a guy that where he, he needs to be free. But even Ray Lewis, if you go back to the, some of those, you know, the Mid Ravens in the twenty in the two thousands. After that two, first early two thousands defense dissipated. Ray Lewis said, "We need to get guys in front of me that can eat up blockers because people are getting me at the second level, and that's why we can't win games." When they did that again, the Ravens became a great defense again. The same thing goes for Jack Lambert and Jack Ham in the in the seventies with the Steelers. The Steel Curtain was no was called the Steel Curtain because that defensive line kept those linebackers clean and they were hitting people. The Steelers defensive line right now isn't doing that the last two years, they were doing that because Cam Hayward, Stefan to Tyson, Lulu were all, Healthy though, with two of those two of those three guys down, you're not able to do that as consistently. So that's a problem. But at the same time, you do expect more out of devin Bush. But again, super young guy. He's what 22, 23 years old. He's gonna he's gonna grow. He's gonna keep keep going, moving that direction. um Eight tackles. I'm not as down on him as some people will be. But does he need to be better? Absolutely. But again, the problem is right now. If you're wanting this team to be elite, they can't be elite right now. If all these guys continue to be hurt, I will say this: the secondary I thought stood up in this game. I going to hear it from Tony Serino because he loves him some James Pierre. I thought James Pierre had himself a game. Had uh had five tackles, two tackles on uh, special teams as well um really looked solid in coverage they went after him a couple times and it didn't result in anything um i thought cam sutton looked good in this game he was able to he was able to make some plays um joe hayden being hurt didn't actually end up burning the steelers the way i thought it would i thought terrell edmonds was phenomenal in this game i thought he he had five tackles a sack another tackle for loss a pass breakup he was he was the guy that they drafted him to be in the first round in this game now has he been that all season no he's he hasn't um but This was a game where I thought he stepped up, and it was kind of a wasted effort to not get the win when he's playing the way he did. I thought Trey Norwood played a heck of a game. He had two passes, defense, and a a tackle. I thought he 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 did well. There's remnants of what the Steelers can do here. There's not hopelessness here, but the problem is there's not consistency. There's not a base to say okay you're definitely going to be great at these things. And part of that comes with injury, but part of it comes from they need their core to come together. They need need to find their strengths. Defensively, they need to be better at stopping the run. They, 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 you know, they, and they, they have been this season. We saw with the Browns game, they shut it down. When they focused on that for the entire week, they said Nick Chubb will not beat us. They took that away in this game. I think that they, they, they went through the same same situation they did against the Seahawks. They were too worried about saying, Hey, this is a bad quarterback that we're playing. He's going to be, you know, he's going to try and hit a, you know, a deep shot or two. We just don't want to, uh, you know, allow him to hit a deep shot and we want to force them to beat us with the long way. Well, they did that against the Seahawks almost lost that game. They did that against the Lions, almost lost the game virtually, you know, you did with the, with, the, with the tie because you blew the opportunity to get to six and three, which with, with their tiebreakers would have put them ahead of the Ravens temporarily to be first place in the AFC North. I know that doesn't really mean anything, but still would have been a heck of an opportunity. You would have picked up a whole game on the Browns, half game on the Bengals, whole game on the Ravens, just a really big missed opportunity against a winless Lions team. Lots of questions moving forward. Can they shape up the tackling? I believe they got the Chargers next week. They've got to do that. You know, the Chargers, they don't look great themselves, but um, I'll just one final thing here before i go joe schobert said this at the end of the press con or during his during the, after, after after the game in his press conference and he talked about maybe guys need to you know focus a little or you know work you know focus a little bit more during practice or practice a little bit harder and i saw people say whoa the steelers didn't practice hard And i'm like i don't think he you that means what you think it means uh when you go back and you look at it don't forget the steelers had a very short week on Wednesday, which normally would have been like their ramp, their serious ramp up day on Wednesday, they were doing a walkthrough on Thursday. They were coming off the walkthrough on Friday. They're going back to walkthroughs because they don't want to get you know, they don't want to beat each other up, you know, two days before their game. This was a shorter week. They tried to go through some different things and it didn't work out for them. I do think Schober, I think what Schober's saying is like, hey, this is this next full week of practice. You got Sunday to Sunday to play. Let's have a full week of practice and let's get after it. I think that's more so what he's saying there. It's not a not a lack of going hard on on the team. It's more so like, hey, this was a you needed to come up because again that that Bears game, Cam Hayward was banged up, the team was banged up. There was a lot of questions there. They're banged up after this game too. But they've got to find a way to come together, be more physical, be be ready for this next game. Because if they aren't, it's going to be some serious problems moving forward for your Pittsburgh Steelers. But got a lot more to talk about, a lot more analysis to do. I'm going to keep hitting the, the film a little bit, going, going looking for some more angles here. We'll hopefully have Tony Sereno on for a Tony Tuesday tomorrow here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We thank you for watching this episode. We hope Steelers fans, hey, hang in there. I know it was a tough one, uh, but we will keep you abreast of things. We're going to get you more analysis right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, which you can find on Apple's. Bought out by Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and of course YouTube. Like our, this video on YouTube if you're watching. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Really helps us out. Remember to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment, and you get a special shout out at the end of the show. Uh, we got uh, we got another uh shout out to give to Bryce. Bryce gives us a five star review, saying great show, Chris. Really look forward to, so, to some no nonsense quality analysis each week. Great show, keep it up. Thank you, Bryce. That's the thing. I try to give y'all. I try to you know have fun with my guests and everything, but I want to make sure y'all getting straight takes. You know, film analysis. You know, talk. You know, breaking down what I see with the, with the team. I go to practice every day. I see what they're doing. I work on. I you know, I, I to ask players questions. I ask coaches questions. I want to get y'all the the real insight there so thank you bryce for noticing that thank you all for noticing that for continuing to watch the show be back on tomorrow with more on your pittsburgh steelers